0: And I'll just say, as her other half, that is, that's, that's, she's worthy of that. Amen. I'm a little biased, but she's worthy of that. Amen. A great, great lady. Thank you for honoring our pastor's wife. Amen. Let's stand together. I had you sit for about 45 seconds. So now we're back up. Take your Bible and turn with me, if you would, to the Gospel of John, chapter 12. And as you're turning there, uh, I know several of you are planning on staying for our 11 o'clock service. We're going to be very blessed and very honored to have Brother Wayne Huntley with us here. Some of you are are people who have followed his ministry over the years. He is the uh, founding pastor of the Temple of Pentecost in Raleigh, North Carolina. And he is a preacher. I'll just tell you, give you a sneak peek. He's a preacher that when I first started preaching, I aspired to be like Wayne Huntley. And I thought this morning, as I was in my office, to have him going to be here and preach for us in our 11 o'clock service is quite an honor. Pastor Nate put together a real neat graphic on Instagram for today, and it had 9 a.m. Pastor Gaddy, 11 a.m. Wayne Huntley. And when I saw that, the verse that came to my mind is this, There is one that cometh after me that is mightier than I. (laughs) But you know what? You got up and came to hear your pastor preach this morning. So thank you for that. And I do feel like I've got a word from the Lord. Uh, Let let me say this. There is inherent within Jesus Christ uh, the need, if I can say it like that, and the responsibility when encountering him to do something. Have you ever thought about that? We don't look in our Bibles and see that people encountered Jesus and ever just did nothing. Now, if you think about it, some of them got mad. Some of them scoffed at what he said. Some of them rejected what he said. But nobody can say they ever encountered Jesus and left unchanged. Amen. There's something inherent in Jesus Christ that causes action, it causes action. Everybody say action, Action. amen. So at the close of this sermon today, before we leave this house, I wanna just ask if you would give me the privilege to pray over us as a church family. Here's how I would just invite you to do that. I'll give real clear instruction, but I would like if you would at the close of service, just to join together around the front of this church. And there's something special that happens when we pray together as a church family. So whether you are a member of New Life or you're a guest that is here, you don't have to be a member to respond in prayer. And I'll just encourage you to be a part of that. If you have your Bible, John chapter 12, and we'll look at verse number 12. In the verses preceding these particular verses, uh, it's about six days before the Jewish feast of Passover. And uh, his disciples are with him. And the scripture says, the next day. A great multitude that had come to the feast when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him and cried out. Now my voice is a little bit weak today but I'm going to cry it out because the Bible says cry it out. They cried out, Hosanna! Everybody shout "Hosanna!" Hosanna! Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes In the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Now, when I was in preaching class in college, they told us, if you read the scripture and it has an exclamation point, don't just say it. Shout it. So I'm going to read this verse again. They took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him and cried out, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The king of Israel. Isn't that an interesting verse? They took branches of trees and laid them down on the ground. So I just want to preach on the testimony of the palms. The testimony of the palms. Would you say the testimony of the palms? Amen. Pray with me one more time. Would you lift your voice and let's ask the Lord to speak today. Jesus, on this good Sunday morning, I am just speaking your blessing over your people today as we hear your word. Lord, what you have deposited in my spirit, I pray that I will be a faithful steward to give that out right now. And I pray that as it is given through the, the, the preaching of your word, that it will find good ground upon which to lodge. I pray that as a seed it will fall upon fallow ground, Lord, and it, it will take root and bring forth fruit, O Lord. I pray against every distraction, Lord, we bind up the spirit of distraction and we lose clarity and wisdom and receptivity, Lord, in our hearts. And for it, Lord, we're going to give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. And everyone, would you say amen? amen? God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you for standing and following along in your Bible, and I want to just echo what Pastor Shane said. and. Welcome all of our guests today. We're so very honored to have you worshiping with us. Uh, This particular story in the Gospel of John elicits different reactions. Some of us read about palm branches and our minds immediately go to Florida. Because when I think of palm trees, I think of Florida. Or when I think of palm trees, I think of Hawaii. Oh, I want to go there. And yet, inherent in this Middle Eastern culture was this particular tree with these particular branches. They have significance in several different religions. In fact, you will see palm trees and palm branches represented in the Muslim faith, the Jewish faith, the Christian faith. You'll also see it on coins and currency of several different countries. But I think it's important as we consider this passage this morning to realize that inherently in them as a symbol is two things, victory and triumph. Victory and triumph. We have to remember that when we tell this story and hear this story of Jesus riding in to Jerusalem. Now in order for us to understand the setting of people tearing off branches of a palm tree and laying it in the street of Jerusalem, we have to back up a little bit. And we have to read the first few verses of the Gospel of John chapter 12. And when you and I open our Bibles and we read from John chapter 12, beginning at verse number one, we will see that Jesus is in a familiar place. He's in the house of Mary and Martha. He's in a city called Bethany, not too awful far from Jerusalem. And sitting at the table with Jesus having supper is a man by the name of Lazarus. Now, On the surface, that may just seem like an invitation list to a dinner party. Because when you read about Mary and Martha, you will see familiar words. Martha is serving. That's what she was known for. And Mary, her sister, uh, in in, in a very graphic uh, situation and symbol in this story, uh, took A box of precious ointment and the scripture says that she broke it and she anointed the feet of Jesus and then she dried his feet from that fragrance with her hair that's a very interesting peculiar situation and so we see Martha the server and Mary the worshiper but we also see Lazarus the recipient of a miracle And it's very interesting to me because it's tucked there in the first few verses of John chapter 12. And if we read it casually, we can miss it. But here's what the scripture says. Sitting at the table with Jesus was Lazarus, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Now stop and think about that for just a moment. What would your kitchen table be like? If two or three nights from now you were having dinner and around the table was your son, your daughter, your spouse, and the next door neighbor that had been raised from the dead. You talk about a testimony. I think Lazarus had the testimony to beat all testimonies. I mean, think about that with me. He goes to a dinner party. He always has the best story. Someone pipes up and said, I walked from Jerusalem to Jericho in record time yesterday. Lazarus can pipe up and say, really? I was raised from the dead. That just trumps everything. He is sitting at the table eating supper with Jesus. He who was dead and is now alive. Not just dead for 30 minutes, but dead for days. So much so that the crowd said, don't roll that stone away. He stinks by now. I love the King James Version. It says, surely he stinketh. (laughs) That's King James for This guy really smells right now. He's decaying. His body is corrupt. And yet, sitting at that table with Jesus is a man who knew what it was to have triumph and victory over death. Itself. So it is no wonder that the crowds, when they heard about Jesus, tore off branches and laid them down in the street. Why? Because Jesus is a miracle worker. This is a testimony of those palms laying in that street. That Jesus can stare death in the eye and overcome even death itself. Jesus and impossibility do not coexist. I want you to hear it right now. According to Mark chapter 2, Jesus' miracle power caused one group of four to tear off a roof to get their ailing friend into the presence of Jesus. And when confronted by their faith, Jesus looked at that paralyzed man and said, stand up on your feet. And in the midst of that great company, the man who was paralyzed, hear me right now, the man who could not walk, had strength come up in his legs. And he stood up off of his bed and began to walk. Jesus is a miracle worker. This miracle power caused a blind man named Bartimaeus to cry out to Jesus, Have mercy upon me, O son of David. And in a moment, in just a spoken word to a man whose faith turned Jesus around, Jesus spoke to Bartimaeus And every optic nerve came into proper alignment. And everything that was damaged in the eye socket came back into proper alignment. Jesus did not do a partial miracle. Jesus did a creative miracle. Because he is a miracle worker. He is a miracle worker. Worker. He can do anything. He can touch anybody. He can heal any disease. That's the testimony in those palm branches laying in that street. He is a miracle worker. Praise God. I was preaching a few years ago in the state of Connecticut, and when I walked into the sanctuary, my host, who was the pastor of the church, his name is Thomas Dibble, good friend of mine, went to college with him. He said, Brother Gaddy, if you see that man that's kneeling down over at that pew right there, that's my daddy. And I had heard about his dad. He's a great man, elder in the church. And we walked back into the pastor's office, and Brother Dibble looked at me, and he said, let me tell you a story about my dad. Let me tell you, give you a little context as to why at 830 on a Sunday morning, he's kneeling down next to a pew before anybody gets here and and having a time of prayer. He said, when my daddy was born, it was horrific for for his parents. Because when my daddy was born, he was born without any eyeballs in his eyes. He had eye sockets, but no eyeballs. Obviously blind for life. And he said, my father's mom and dad didn't know anything to do in that tragic moment except go to the Lord in prayer. Now, I want you to think about the impact of a prayer from a mom and dad when their baby is born without eyeballs. We're not talking about a little, and, and, and this is, if you have a cold, I hope Jesus touches your cold right now. But we're not talking about a head cold. We're not talking about a hangnail. We're talking about something that requires a creative miracle. Did you hear what I just said? A creative miracle. A creative miracle is when the Lord starts with nothing and makes something. When the Lord st- starts with no raw materials and creates something miraculous. All they knew to do was pray. And Brother Dibble, the pastor, said it to me just quickly. And and it rocked me when he said it. He said, I heard the story of when my grandmother walked into the room one day and looked at her baby after prayer. He said it was just a normal day. They had prayed like they would prayed every day for this creative miracle. And she let out a shriek from her mouth. And she looked at her baby, and that baby who had been born with no eyeballs, now, in a moment of time, had eyeballs in his sockets. He said, and to make it even greater, my dad has never struggled in his life with eyesight. How many of you know when God does a creative miracle, He cannot just get you by, but He can perfect something. He can step in and work miracles beyond what we could ever understand. You say, Brother Gaddy, did that really happen? I looked at the man in his eyeballs. I put my eyeballs on his eyeballs. I saw it with my own eyes. I want somebody in this room to just hear this simple sermon on a Sunday morning. If you have a need for a creative miracle, there is a God in this place that can step into nothing and create something. He can step into nothing and create everything. He can step in and do what doctors cannot do, do what we cannot do, do what we need in our life he is a miracle worker come on somebody i want you to get that today I want you to believe that today. I want you to trust that today. It might happen in this service. It might happen before we go home today. It might happen this week when you're not. Oh, I feel it in the Holy Ghost. It might happen when you're praying in your prayer closet. It might happen in small group on Wednesday night. But he is a miracle worker. That's the testimony. That's part of the testimony of this palm laying in that street. Everybody shout and say, He's a miracle worker. Look at somebody and say, He's a miracle worker today. Now, I want you to see this as well John chapter 12 and verse number 12. This just jumps off the page at me. In the Gospel of John chapter 12, the scripture says, and we read it just a moment ago, the next day, a great multitude that had come to the feast, the feast of the Passover. Watch this next phrase. When they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, it elicited inside of them the desire to lay those palm branches in that street because part of the testimony of the palms is the fact that Jesus coming Jesus is coming he hadn't got there yet they just heard that he was coming and that produced inside of them an act of faith to prepare the way of the Lord because they realized he's coming he's coming we've heard about him he's coming We've heard about his miracle power. He's on his way. We've heard that he can do miracles. He's on his way. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Now, you've got to understand something about this 50-year-old man right here. Ever since I have understood, which it's debatable when that was, whether that was three or four or five years old, ever since I have ever understood, I have heard preachers get up behind pulpits and say, Jesus is coming. Yeah. Jesus is coming. Yeah. Jesus is coming. And the Lord smote me. That's a big King James word of way, way of saying. He really got on me this week. And he said, Tim, you need to preach more about my coming. You need to preach more about the coming of the Lord. Because I want every man to hear this right now. Jesus is coming. I want every lady to hear this today. Jesus is coming. I want every new person to New Life to hear this today, Jesus is coming. One of these days that eastern sky is going to part and the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God. Brothers and sisters, New Life Church, Jesus is coming. And I pray that we would never lose, let me personalize it, I pray I will never lose the expectation for his coming. Now, let me just say this too. I think it's important that we not just expect his coming to catch us away, but we expect his coming to be in our midst. I woke up this morning, Sister Kelly, Saying it with my mouth, you're coming today. (laughs) I got one shot today, folks. I'm going to give it all I got right now. I woke up and drove to this church this morning with an inherent spirit that said, Jesus is coming today. You say, you mean he's coming for his church? I don't know. That's up to him. He knows the day and the hour of that. But what I do know is Jesus is coming into our midst today. And I want with expectation to do something that prepares the way for the coming of Jesus Christ. He is coming. He is coming. I wish I had some people that during this message right now would begin to prepare your heart and say, Lord, I believe you're working while the preaching's going on. You're showing up in our midst, you're coming in our midst. Oh, Jesus, you are coming. Praise God. George Yount wrote it like this. Happy faces line the hallways. Those whose lives have been redeemed. Broken homes that he has mended. Those from prison he has freed. Little children and the aged. Hand in hand stand all aglow. Who were crippled. Broken, ruined. Clad in garments white as snow. The king... Is coming. The King is coming. I just heard the trumpet sounding, and now his face I see. Oh, the King is coming. The King is coming. Praise God, he's coming for me. Woo! I can hear the chariots rumble. I can see the marching throng. The flurry of God's trumpets spell the end of sin and wrong. Regal robes are now unfolding. Heaven's grandstand all in place. Heaven's choir now assembled. Start to sing amazing grace. Oh, the King is coming. The king is coming. I just heard the trumpet sounding. And now his face I see. The king is coming. The king is coming. Praise God. He's coming for me. I want us to walk into this place saying he's coming. I want us to walk into that new church saying he's coming. I want us to walk into our homes declaring he's coming. Jesus is coming again. Come on, somebody that's excited about that, would you give God praise? Come on, somebody, some child that's excited about that, some elder that's excited about that, give Jesus praise today. Hallelujah. That's why Jesus said in John 14, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you and if I go and prepare a place for you I will Come again and receive you to myself that where I am there you may be also. I want to preach it whether you've heard it one time or a thousand times. For the Lord himself, not a surrogate, not a stand-in, not an imposter, not a fictitious creature. The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Jesus is coming again. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward. Let me just tell you right now, if you are in this house. And when I preach that Jesus is coming there's fear inside of you, I want Jesus to touch you today in such a marvelous way that you are filled to overflowing with what the scripture says is the earnest of our inheritance. See, when you receive the Holy Ghost, you get a down payment of what heaven is going to be like. And I'm praying God will baptize you today to look forward to the coming of the Lord. You don't have to fear it. You don't have to be afraid about it. You don't have to wake up in the morning or go to bed at night worrying about the coming of the Lord. Because if this same spirit dwell in you, which dwell in Jesus, he will quicken your mortal body and you will be translated from this world into that world. You will go from this terra firma to that heavenly. Your mortal will put on immortality. Your corruptible will put on incorruption. Jesus is coming. Everybody shout and say, "Jesus Jesus is coming. John chapter 12 and verse 13. They took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him. And watch what they cried. Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Watch this next few words. The king. Of Israel. Because inherent in the testimony of those palm branches is the fact that Jesus is King. Everybody say, Jesus is King. He's a miracle worker, He's coming again, and Jesus is King. That word Hosanna is a a poignant word because it literally means to save or to rescue. (laughs) How many in this room right now? Just quick survey. I haven't pre-calculated this or talked to anybody. But how many of you have found in your life, if you know Jesus, that at some time, some form, some fashion in your life, he has been saving you from something or he has rescued you from something? Amen. I hope when you lifted your hand, you felt something just go all over you right then. Why? Because if it had not been for that king, I'd still be in my sin, brother Tom. If it had not been for a God who is king enough to take care of my problems, I'd still, brother Chris, be down and despondent and in a valley and in bondage and in addiction. But because he is a king, the king is has all power the king has all authority the king has all liberty the king's word in the word of a king there is power so they're lifting their voice and they're saying hosanna blessed is he who comes in the name of the lord the king of israel now i want you to see something that i only saw recently Take your Bible, if you have your Bible, and I want you to turn to Psalm 118. I'm just about finished preaching, and then we're going to pray and let the Lord work today. Psalm 118 and verse 25. See, one great thing about the Bible is that you will see threads of Scripture from one part of the Bible to another. And specifically, you will see threads of the Scripture from the Old Testament to the New Testament. They didn't say, thank you, Corey. They didn't say uh, when Jesus was coming into the city riding on the donkey, uh, which, by the way, was prophesied that that would happen. Amen. That was a prophet that said he's going to, the king's going to come riding on a donkey. So when he came riding in, in, the, in the streets of Jerusalem on a donkey, they didn't just get overwhelmed at the moment and just blurt out, Hosanna, because that's all they knew to say. But these are people who knew the Hebrew Scriptures. Look at Psalm 118. And verse number 25, save now, I pray, O Lord. You know what that Hebrew word is there? It's the same word that they're declaring in the streets of Jerusalem when Jesus rides in on the donkey. Save, Hosanna, save now, I pray, Lord. O Lord, I pray, send now prosperity. Look at the next verse. Blessed is he, Who comes in the name of the Lord? We have blessed you from the house of the Lord. So, what they are declaring in the streets of Jerusalem is the Messiah referenced in the book of Psalms and the Messiah that the psalmist wrote about. We believe he's here right now in our midst. So, we are saying, Blessed are you, Jesus, for you are coming in the name of the Lord. And we realize that your very name, Jesus, means Jehovah has become my Savior. And so we are lifting up our voice and we are saying, Hosanna to the King. Hosanna to the King. Salvation is in the King. Rescue is in the King. Hosanna to the King. Jesus is king. Now, there's an interesting little sidebar to this story in understanding the testimony of those palm branches, and it's the fact that when those people laid those palm branches down on the ground, in a symbolic way, they were preparing the road for Jesus' entrance into the city. And in just that one simple act, now you think about all the palm branches that had to be torn off of trees to give him a runway. In that one simple act, they are declaring to the king, we recognize you're the king and your entrance into this city is not like anybody else. So whereas we might walk into Jerusalem kicking dust down the road, When the king comes into Jerusalem, we're going to make a runway for the king. We're going to lay palm branches down on the ground. And if just by millimeters, we're going to lift you up off of that normal ground. And through that symbolic gesture, we're going to declare that you are not like every other man. You are not like every other person. You are the king, and the king is in our midst. You say, that sounds strange, Brother Gaddy. Well, it's really not strange, even in our culture, because when a bride walks down the aisle, you know what many times they do, and I don't know if they're doing it as much anymore, but when that bride was married to me, and she walked down the aisle, we had a couple of little boys go to the back of the sanctuary and grab a runner. And pulled it down the aisle. Why? Because the bridesmaids could walk on the carpet, and the groomsmen could walk on the carpet, but when the bride enters... When the bride, look at that gal. When the bride enters, that's not just another person in the wedding. That's the bride of the wedding. This is her day. This is her moment. And so even the thickness of that rolled carpet is lifting her up just a little bit above the ground that everybody else is walking on. Oh, I wonder what would happen in this house if you and I would recognize again or for the first time that the King of all kings is in our midst and the King of all glory is in our midst and we through our praise and through our worship and through our words and our declaration would lift him up just a little bit higher than everything else that we've gone through this week. I wonder if there could be a runway for the king today. I wonder if there could be a runway for the king today. A runway of praise. A runway of entrance. A runway that declares you're the king. You're the king. You're not like everybody else. You're the king. You're the king. He's worthy of that. That's the testimony inherent in those palms. He is king. Everybody say, he is king. I wish you'd stand with me right now and just again right now. Would you just lift up your voice? And would you praise that great king of glory today? Come on, new life. Come on, new life. Come on, new life. life. Lift up your voice with me right now. Come on, I see some students praising Him as King right now. Come on, I see some children, some young married couples praising Him as King right now. Come on, New Life. I see some elders praising Him as King right now. It's the testimony of the palms. It's what those palms symbolize. He's a miracle worker. He's a miracle worker. He's coming again. He's coming again, and He's the King Eternal. He's the God Eternal. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I want you to come. I just simply asked earlier if you would pray with us. and Would you come? Would you fill up the front of this church right now? You can mask up. You can come if you feel it. I want you to come if you're comfortable. Just step out from where you are. We're just going to pray together. We're just going to pray together today. I feel the the presence of the King in our midst right now. I feel the presence of the King in our midst right now. Come on, He's the King of Kings. He's the Lord of Lords. He's above all. He's through all. He's in us all. That's who's in our midst today. That's who's in our midst today. That's who's in our midst today. Oh, yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you're in our midst. Thank you, King, that you're in our midst. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. There... There is something in me today that feels in testimony a lot like what Paul felt when he said it clearly to his son in the gospel, Timothy. He declared it like this. And I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has enabled me because he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Watch this now. Although I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, an insolent man. but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. and the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying. And Worthy of all acceptance that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners of who I am chief However, for this reason I obtained mercy watch this that in me first Jesus Christ might show all long-suffering as a pattern To those who are going to believe on him for everlasting life now to the King eternal Immortal, invisible, to God who alone is wise, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Anybody feel a witness today? He put you in the kingdom, even though you had a shady past. You obtained mercy and exceedingly abundant grace. He showed you long-suffering. He showed me long-suffering as a pattern to everybody who would believe in him. He is the king eternal. He never ends. He's the king immortal. He never dies. He's the king invisible, working even when we don't see him working. He is wise and to him be honor and glory forever. He's the king. He's the king. If you're here right now and you need a miracle, I want you just to pray for that miracle. I want you to say to Jesus, Jesus, here's the miracle that I need. If you've got diabetes in your body and you want to be free from that and you believe Jesus can heal you, I wish you'd say that to him right now. Lord, you see my physical body. I'm asking you to heal me of this diabetes. If you've got an injury, Kalen, I'm praying for you today, sweetheart. God can touch those ligaments and he can put that leg back together again. Jesus can do in a moment what we cannot do in a lifetime. So we're going to stop right here and we're going to pray for miracles right now. If you have a miracle, I wish you'd lift your voice to the Lord right now. And Lord, it's by the authority of the word of God that I speak your mighty name, the name of Jesus over this congregation. As we are praying in faith on a Sunday morning, step in, God, and do what we can't do. I pray, Lord, that you will bring cells back into proper alignment. You will bring ligaments back into proper alignment right now. You will erase sicknesses and erase diseases, Lord. You said that we can come boldly to your throne. And so we pray for those miracles to happen, even right now, God. Even if we don't feel anything happening, we lose your power to work, Lord. Come on, that's it. I feel Jesus touching right now. He is a miracle worker. He is a miracle worker. Yes, God. Every cell back into proper alignment. Every pain rebuked in Jesus' name. Every malady healed in Jesus' name. Let healing come, God. Let your healing miracle power come. In Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name let it be done right now Lord in the name of Jesus and we thank you God and we give you praise Jesus you're working even online right now in families in their homes right now thank you for your miracle power working Lord thank you for your miracle power at work Lord hallelujah Praise God. Let me pause long enough to declare this over this great congregation. Jesus is coming for His church. I would not be worth my weight in salt as a preacher if I did not say to every man and every woman what the Word of God says. Except you are born of water and of spirit. You cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. That's not my word, that's Jesus' word. So I say to every man and woman... Have you repented? Have you been water baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins? Have you been filled with the Holy Ghost? Can I just say it like this? Punch your ticket for eternity before Jesus comes for his church. If you're here and you need to be water baptized, today is the best day for you to be water baptized. He's coming. And I want us to leave this house today believing that He's the King of all kings. When His Word speaks, anything is possible. Everybody say it with me say, He's King. Everybody, just look at Pastor. I'm just about done, but I feel constrained to say this right now. One of these days, we are going to stand before that man named Jesus, and we're going to give account to the King for what his word tells us to do look right here young adults everybody you're not going to be held accountable for what brother Gaddy said you're gonna be held accountable for what the king says by the way I try to preach the words of the king but we are you're not gonna stand before pastor you're gonna stand before the king so if the king's word says to do something I want to make sure I'm following his word listen before I get in front of Him. Listen. I'm sorry. i got to stop right here. I feel constrained in the Holy Ghost. When we say yes, we're not saying yes to the dogma of a church. We're not agreeing to what the Pentecostals say. Am I being accountable to what the Word says? What the King says? Please, I'm imploring you, heed his word. Heed his word. Heed the word of the king. Don't push it off. Don't wait till later. Because where the word of the king is, there's power, the scripture says. He's king. He's king. If you need to be baptized today, wave at me. Wave at somebody. We want to get you baptized in Jesus' name. Let's pray right now. Let's plead the blood of Jesus over our church before we go home. God, I thank you for speaking to us today. Oh, hallelujah. I thought we're gonna sing in just a minute. I thank you, Lord, for speaking to us today. Hila bababo bahaya. Come on, I feel like we need to intercede right now for some souls. Come on, let's let a spirit of intercession come up in the believers right now. Hikomo raha bahaya. Lord, someday we're going to stand before you. Let us stand with joy because we've been obedient to your word. You are king, Lord. I make you king. I declare you as king, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Your King Lord, your king, your're king of my life. Your word declares it Lord. your word is what I'm accountable to Lord. Your word is what I say yes to Lord. come on, let's sing it brother Jason. King of glory King of glory fill this place We just wanna be with you. hallelujah. Oh, we just want to be with you. King of glory, fill this place. glory, Just want to be with you. Oh, yes, we just want to be. Sing that again. King of glory, fill this place. fill this place we just want to be with you oh we just want to be king of glory fill this place Amen. Before I let you, before I dismiss you today, I'm gonna brag on Jayla just for a second. Jayla Luxton's right over here, great lady of God. Let me tell you the testimony of this lady right here. Some of you have got to meet Jayla. Jayla had a great relationship with God when she came here to New Life. But after study and after going through Bible study, she saw, she told me this, she saw water baptism in the name of Jesus. That said more about her current obedience than it did about somehow saying she didn't have a walk with God, because she did! But the Lord Jesus today is asking us, what are we doing with what God is showing us today? Building on what we have brought to the kingdom building upon that, not negating it, but building and letting the Lord continue to reveal and to show. So Jayla, thank you for your example. You've been a blessing to me to see that. And there are more people in this room that God is talking to you right now about that. Let's be obedient to the word of the King. Amen. Amen. I'm so happy you've been here today. I hope many of you will stay. We're going to have a full house at 11 o'clock. If you'd like to stay, you're certainly welcome. You're dismissed whenever you would like. Thank you. God bless you on your Sunday. Talk to us if you'd like to be baptized. You want someone to pray with you further. Let's just keep singing that another couple times. Oh, King of glory.